Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Cult Talk with Aaron Martin, a conversation, not an investigation. Cult Talk is a podcast that explores the realities of cult life, how they operate, who joins them, why people stay, and how some members eventually find their way out. Season one of Cult Talk will focus on a little-known cult called the Kobu, which stands for the Church of Bible Understanding, led by Stuart Trail. In episode nine of Cult Talk, I finished my chat with Katherine Armstrong, an ex-Kobu member who was recruited into the cult while still a high school student. In our second half of this discussion, Katherine talks about the cult's reaction to her departure and how Stuart Trail even tried to shame her into reconsidering. We also discuss the question every ex-cult member asks themselves when they get out, what happens now? Here's part two of my two-part interview with Kobu survivor, Katherine Armstrong. Now, fast forward through the years, you stayed in the fellowship, but raised your own family and kept some separation or, right. you know, how so, do we get to the end of your time okay. there? Okay. So what happened was uh, years went by and I was a member, but I could control how much I was a member because I lived at home and we had three children by this time. Okay. And after a while, our marriage dissolved and my husband left and it was very, very painful time for me. Well, when Stuart got wind of how I was reacting to that painful time, he sent a message through someone and I don't remember who it was. And he said, when you're ready to get serious with Jesus, to let him know to let me know, you know? So I remember hearing that and thinking, wow, I was in so much pain. Pain was just so, so much stronger than my commitment to the fellowship relationship relationship. I was trying to survive as a single mom of three little children, not having a college education and not having worked. And I was, you know, it was very like, what's going to happen to me now? And so Um, When I heard that, it just, it was actually a gift because it helped me to sever ties with him and the fellowship. I just thought, you know, he's crazy. I'm serious. I'm I'm actually serious with, in my relationship with God. How come he doesn't know that? Right. And And for that that to be his reaction during the most painful period, it's like no pastor in the world who is sane would ever react like that. So true. So so it's actually him being Stuart and being the narcissistic, unkind person that he was, was actually me recognizing that was just a gift. It helped me to just sever ties and say, yeah, I'm not into this anymore. Mm-mm. I got other fish to fry here. I'm trying to remain afloat in the storms of Good life, for you. you know, Good going for you. through a divorce. Absolutely. It takes what it takes to, I think that yep. that can be a gift when you see just how nasty 
someone like yeah. that can be, you know, because yes. it, it almost takes something extreme and you are in extreme circumstances in your personal Very. life. And then Very. for him to react like that. It, and the the telling. real truth is, yeah, yeah, so true. And the, the real truth is I was never probably closer to God in my life than when I was initially going through my divorce. That's awesome. So yeah. those two things together helped you. Yep. Did you have support or did you have to cut ties with everyone you knew? Um, in the there were some, yeah, there were some that were, that I could rely on, but I, there was a point where I was actually helping some of the younger people in the lamb houses and Gail and I had gotten into a relationship where we were actually communicating with one another. She asked me to reach out to certain people and to try to help them. And of course, I felt honored to be asked by her, especially when she had, you know, been really so evil. Low, low of me before, like, <laughs> oh, wow, I'm in her good graces now. Sure, I'll help, you know. Oh, my but, gosh. Yeah, so I just stopped. And it's all a little bit of a blur because it was such a stormy time in my life, such a sure. painful time. But yeah, so that really helped me. And then I be, I was on a journey to find other Christians who were sincere. And that's very difficult. That's when, what you hear from other people that have left, that it's hard to figure out, well, what kind of church would I fit into? Yep. That was you know? my family's journey as well. Yeah. It was it's very, 100% very difficult. our journey after that because uh-huh. you're jaded. You uh-huh. think, I don't know what to believe in. And then you also have those teachings that are so shame-based that everyone else is wrong. Right. You know, and nobody's doing it right except us. But when you leave that group, you're also rejecting that group who told you that. It's very confusing. Right. Right. And some of the doctrines that we held as truth in the fellowship, if a church didn't hold that doctrine, then, oh, we can't join them. Right. You know, they believe that you're all once saved, always saved. That's one of the mantras. Stuart would call them contentious Christians. Any other Christian was a contentious Christian. And if they believed once saved, always saved, we couldn't go to that church because we all know we can backslide. You know, we've learned that. <laughs> so Right. So how did you navigate that? Did you find a home somewhere else with another group of believers or did you just kind of do it your own way? I did. I, it was both, actually. Okay. I would I would take some time and invest in a certain church. And I, I, my children went to a Christian preschool. There I made some really great friendships and would go to their churches and found a lot of healing, to tell you the truth. A lot of healing. That's good. You, you know what's interesting to me? And I don't know, give me your, your take on this from your experience. But I feel like people who leave Kobu experience something maybe a little different than, say, a Scientologist leaving. You know, first of all, Kobu is a total institution for most people. It wasn't for you, but for um, my parents, for instance, it was where they left, they had to leave their home, their jobs, their friends, and their church Mm -hmm. all Mm -hmm. at once, which is difficult. You know, it's difficult in your case, obviously, too. But after that, you don't leave the belief system entirely, which is also very hairy. So, what I mean by that is when you leave Scientology, you, you you reject the belief system and the and the I guess what would they call it, the grip that the group has on you. So you don't you're not going around anymore believing in that L. Ron Hubbard belief system mm-hmm. anymore. But when you leave Kobu, you still many people remain Christians. Right. So you're not rejecting it wholesale. And so I think that can be, I don't want to say harder, because it's not. There's no you know, I, everybody's got their own journey, but it can be really confusing to still want to be a Christian, but not that kind of Christian. 
exactly you know what right. I mean? How you worded okay. it was you hit the nail on the head because you want to be close to God and to other brothers and sisters. Yeah. You want that in your life. You want that sense of community, but you don't feel secure in any other place. Right. You just don't. It, it takes a long time to, to, you know, to, to acclimate and to the loosen of the grip of the harsh doctrine that we were under. And then, of course, maturing as humans, getting older and seeing him for who he was, that, that, that was very helpful. But if you're young and you leave and you try to reach out and, find, and you know, become a Christian somewhere else, you don't have that perspective of everything until you get older. You know, right. you just don't have that. It takes years. And so for you, you did remarry. You're living your life now completely separate yep. from anything like this. When you heard that Stuart passed away in October, did you have, what was your reaction? I mean, what was, did you have a reaction? Or was yes, it just I did. Like, it's okay. hard to describe, Aaron. <laughs> it really is I hard bet. to describe. It's almost like, oh, wow. Something like that, you know? <laughs> Because I, don't I mean knew to laugh, was, but it's yeah, it's true. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah, it's biz- it was just bizarre. It was just someone who had such meaning in your life. Someone you know, growing up, and he had such meaning in many, many ways, but not in a nurturing, kind, healthy way. Yet he certainly had an impact in my life. And truthfully, I'd been waiting for him to die. Really? I remember, yeah, yeah, I remember thinking, okay, so he's 82 now and now he's 83 and he's, well, it won't be too much longer. And not, not like welcoming it, but just knowing that it was soon and then wondering, you know, how had he changed? How had he softened? Had he at all? I, I doubt whether he did because of certain things I've heard. I mean, truthfully, that's kind of naive of me to think he would have changed because he was so delusional and narcissistic. You oh, know? and they only get worse with age. Right, right. Exactly. Right. I, so, I, I heard, did you hear, I mean, do we read the same thing maybe on our on our little ex-Kobu group that on the day of his death, he, he fell asleep and didn't wake up, so he died in his sleep. I'm not sure of what, but on the day of his death, he was having some kind of Skype conference call with people voting on their... Voting on their color right. codes, basically. Yes, I mean, let's yes. call it that. Were you in, yes, were you in fellowship with Jesus or were you in fellowship with um, Judas? That type of thing. Right. And then they had to judge one another based on their their interpretation. And and how? Yeah, that, I I heard that as well. That yep, the so day before. Sad. Up to his yeah. very last day, he was still doing that maniac right. stuff right. to people. And how sad for those that still remain there, because I, I do know a few of them that are in there. I've tried to contact them over the years and it hasn't gone well because they've, they've just been very judgmental and <laughs> haven't wanted to talk. But how sad that they allow another person's view of them to be so instrumental in whether they have joy or whether they have shame. You know, it's, it's very sad. It's so codependent. It's just, it's just pitiful. That's why I wonder what's going to happen now. Yeah, me too. I uh, wonder, too. is somebody going to take the reins? Is it just going to fall apart? Will, I mean, is, I think, I think being a leader like that, a cult leader takes a certain, um, it takes a certain level of mental illness. This is just me talking. Right. So, so true. I totally agree. I, I, I don't know that you can really do that if you're not ill right. in some way. Right. Truly. Exactly right. So I wonder so, what will happen. 
Well, I do too. And I guess time will tell. Maybe we'll have a podcast about that in a couple of years. I, <laughs> maybe, I agree. I agree. the people that leave will, will find out about this podcast and see how wonderful it is to talk to you. And then we'll say, yeah, I want to <laughs> share. Here's what happens. I would death. welcome talking to them. I would yes, I'll bet you would. Anyone who wants to talk about this. I feel like this group has really gone under the radar for a long mm-hmm. time, um, but it's mm-hmm. It's been a lengthy well, hanger. I mean, there's hangers on that are still there 40 years later. I have, I had kept a scrapbook and I have a scrapbook article of when we were in Time Magazine. The fellowship was in Time. I'm going to have to look for that. Maybe I'll try to copy it and mail it to no you. I had no idea. I would love yeah. a copy of that. Yes, absolutely. I've got pictures of old meetings and pictures of the our high school newspaper where they were making fun of us with our buttons, the big get smart, get saved. And I they, had one of those. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. Interesting. Did you ever so, talk about how you, how we all got the buttons? You had I, to memorize the 12 verses in John. My mom just told me that, Kathy. I yeah. couldn't believe yeah. it. I said, what? She goes, oh yeah, you earned it. She was joking. She said, it's like Girl yeah. Scouts, but not really. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And can you imagine? I know. Yeah, you earned it. After 12, it didn't take long to memorize those 12 verses. I still have them memorized, to be honest with you. Do you still have the button? No. Okay. We don't either. I wish we did. No. We don't Oh, I'm sure someone does. I'm sure someone does. If anyone out there (laughs) has one, please snap a pic and send it to me. I would love to see your button. But do you know what it takes for a high school kid? I mean, high schoolers, they don't want to stand out. And for us to wear those buttons, oh my gosh, that really was hard for us. But... At the same time, we just thought, well, this is how our light shines before men. See, we're, right. we're, we're not ashamed of Jesus. We're wearing get smart, get saved. See, so, <laughs> right. but it, it really was hard looking back for sure. What would you tell someone who you saw today? I mean, having come from this experience, what would you, what would you say to someone you saw going down this path or wearing one of these buttons or knocking at your door and saying words like this? I mean, do you, and, and I don't mean what would you say to them directly, but what would be advice to maybe people in their lives who care about them or to them if they're starting to question things? Because I do want part of this podcast is, you know, just hearing the stories, right. but I want it to be helpful too, to anyone who's out there thinking you know, about leaving an oppressive environment. What, what do you do? I love that question because I remember hearing you ask that in an earlier podcast and I kept thinking, what would I say? And I think what I would do is just have them follow their heart. If they are questioning, there's a reason they're questioning. If they want to leave, there's a reason they want to leave. And they just need to pursue a different perspective and to be kind to themselves and search for a different perspective, not to necessarily forsake everything that they've learned or had in their life. But there's got to be a reason that the questions are coming up inside of them. Yeah, I would agree to with listen that. To their gu- to listen to their gut and and to, you know, to are you open enough to explore someone else's experience? Look at let's look at a few of the people that have left that are happier now that, and successful and faithful and prosperous and feel whole. Would you be open to hearing their experience and how they arrive there. But knowing that it's not an instant, it's not an instant fix. Right. It's a process. Yeah. I think you're spot on with that advice, not or, or at least that perspective. I agree yeah. with that. I think 
hearing from ex-members is the most powerful thing mm-hmm. that can happen or, t- or at mm-hmm. least talking to them about your own experience. Right. Is, there's, there's so much power in that because what the, what a cult does is try, they try to keep you away from those people as much as possible mm-hmm. by demonizing them and saying, Oh, they've backslidden. They've, you know, walked away from God or whatever they say in any group, you know, right. basically they're bad. We're still good. But if you can yeah. start reaching out and connecting with some of those people and seeing the reality of some of their stories, not everyone, you know, is doing great afterwards right. for whatever personal reasons. I think that's so helpful. And also, it's really tough for members that have been in there for so many years. I was there. I was a quote, a part of it for about 12 to 13 years. But the ones that have been in there 30 to 40 years, there's something about human nature in certain personalities where it's easier to go to an extreme than to live in the gray or live in the middle. Because living in the middle is is harder. It takes more thought. It takes more analytical thinking. You know, if you just say, well, the Bible says this and, and, and you're extreme, that's sometimes easier for certain personalities to live in. It's just, you know, who they are and what they've learned about life. They're, it's their view of life. Absolutely. And it's mm-hmm. harder for them to come away from those strict views about God. Because in we we were truly, the reason we were called the Church of Bible Understanding, in our my view, is I remember what you were saying about the Manson, the Forever Family. I don't know if it was because of that that we changed the, the name, our name, but I think it was. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss. He was so into the Bible and verses in the Bible, but yet his interpretation of it, and it was so different from anything you've heard in churches, other mainstream churches. Right. It was deeper. And like you, like you've said before, there were 12 hour Bible studies. I remember going to an all night Bible study where we just kept giving out verses and tying in certain parts of the Bible with the, where the old reflects the new and the new reflects the old and torture, you know, things like that. Yeah. But I remember being really into it though. I really was into it. It was so interesting to us and half of them were asleep. I remember that some would just fall asleep in this big airport hangar, (laughs) you know, but then some would just still take notes or 
we'd sing certain songs or, but when you look at the Bible a certain way, like how do you, like if you want to come away from the fellowship and you don't go witnessing every night, then how do you deal with the verses in the Old Testament that say, cursed is he who does the work of the Lord with slackness? Well, how do you deal with that then? You know, well, am I being slack? Well, am I, I'm not witnessing every night. So what kind of a Christian am I? But see, that's the thing. They would, he would just pick and choose the verses that would tie in with his punitive view of God. And that's what we were fed, those, those verses. Yeah. And I think, you're, I think you're right on when you say that it's easier to just buy into that black or white thinking than to start yeah. questioning it yourself. Because if you right. start questioning it, it becomes a richer discussion. And there's no one to uh-huh. discuss it with when you're in COVID. Right. There's no right. one to discuss it with you. It's either you're in or you're yeah. out. So. And there's safety at an extreme. Yeah. Mm-hmm, There's there safety is. there for them. But That's, it took me a long time to get there. What I'm telling you did not come, you know, right, didn't right. come quickly. It really didn't. Well, that's how a cult operates on extremes. Yeah. Yes. I'm glad you're yes, not so in, that, in that headspace anymore and that you found me happiness too. in the gray area, Kathy. Yes, me too. Me too. And it's amazing when you're open to other people who comes into your life. It's amazing the gifts who come into your life that you need when you're open to that. And that's what happened to me. I met some wonderful people. Wonderful people came my way. All of them healers in one sense of another or another. I can remember one woman specifically. Oh, she was just such a downtrodden woman having gone through a divorce herself, living in poverty. We became very close friends. We walked every day. And I can remember telling her about the fellowship. And she would look at me and go, what? You would, wait a minute, wait a minute. You would pray on your knees? Like, what are, you, what are you talking about? You'd get down and pray on your knees. And I thought everybody prayed like that. No, you get down on your knees, you kneel, and you put your head on the floor. You don't lay prostate necessarily, but you, you're like kneeling, and then you put your head on the floor, and you pray, and you pray out loud. She's like, what? And just her reaction and her laughing at it was just what I needed. Right. It was just crazy. Right. It wasn't like I needed to sit down with a pastor and go, now, Kathy, you do not need to pray like that. It was like just these different people and their perspectives. You just need to tell so, a random person, and they'll be oh like, excuse me? Yeah. be like, what? how do you pray again? What are you talking about? Like, it, just seeing that <laughs> helped me so much. And I was like, you don't pray like that. You it's know, true, it's though. Crazy. It's true. You know what? Involving the world in it, talking about it openly, I think that's super helpful because yeah, has to get some outside perspectives when you are wrapped up in the nonsense like that. I mean, and, yep. and I've been in my own nonsense in other respects. Me too. You can't me see too. it clearly. No, you can't. You can't. You know, you just can't. You yeah. just so much. You need friends. You need people who are committed to yeah. your well-being. You know, totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kathy, thank you so much for talking about this today. This is really You're great. Welcome. I think you have You're such welcome. a good understanding of not only what happened to you, but how it can kind of happen to anyone. You know, the slow drip campaign that we've yep. talked about with several yep. people. And um, well, it's been yeah. a pleasure. Truly has. Truly has. We'll pause here for now, but join us for the continuing story on the next episode of Cult Talk. Also, join the listener conversation over on the Cult Talk with Aaron Martin Facebook page. Follow at Cult Talk on Twitter and Instagram, and don't forget to subscribe to the podcast from any platform and leave us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. Cult Talk is written and hosted by me, Aaron Martin, and produced by Dan McInerney. See the show notes attached to this episode for all links to resources and social media associated with Cult Talk.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 